Welcome to episode 134 of The Endless Stream. I'm Aiden, and this week I am joined by Kevin. We are two artists, illustrators, filmmakers, and all-round shit-talkers. And each week we take some of The Endless Stream of content brought to you through Netflix, Hulu, Disney+, Spotify, YouTube, Amazon Prime, wherever you get your content, we take a chunk of it, we watch it, and we talk about it. This week we are talking about Blue-Eyed Samurai, we are talking about Muppets Christmas Carol, we are talking about the new episode of Doctor Who, and we're planning... We're planning the next few weeks of Christmas seasonal content and goodness. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to the podcast, heading over to iTunes, heading over to Spotify, rating, reviewing, liking, subscribing, all of those good things really help us out. On top of that, you can head over to Instagram, at The Endless Cast, where we put up art to go with each episode, and that's a great place to reach out, send us a message, suggest something for us to watch, disagree with our opinions, give us your opinions, and let us know what you think of the podcast all in all. Or you can send us an email at theendlesscast at gmail.com. All of that being said, let's get into the episode. This is the 27th of November, 28th. By the time this podcast gets posted, it'll be a little bit late. Just before we're jumping into the holiday season, Kev and I are doing a little late night record. We had a, uh, a lovely time out together. Over the weekend, it was yeah. great seeing you, buddy. Uh, good seeing people in person, but it made Sunday tired and not recordable. Um, then we've got coming up, we're going to have some guests through the holiday season. We're going to start talking about holiday movies. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure what order anything will be released in. I do know that we are talking about uh, Some Like It Hot in the near future oh, yes. with Madeline Munford. Uh, I was talking to Dylan Smith as well from the Heartfire Tales podcast, so he's going to join us and talk about something, but he hasn't nominated his subject yet. Um, so we're, we're trying to line up some fun for the for the Christmas season. Wasn't someone going to watch, or where were we going to talk about It's a Wonderful Life? I was watching It's a Wonderful Life. Have oh. you ever seen it? I have seen it, yes. You have seen it. I don't know. Yeah, is there a case someone hasn't seen it? Um, hmm. I thought it was some like it hot. No, it's definitely some like it hot. I was looking at the "It's a Wonderful Life" because I'm trying to like put together a Christmas theme show for the cats for the for the bag of cats um, mm-hmm. on December fifteenth. Come to the Pierce Center, December fifteenth in Dublin. We're going to have a cool comedy Christmas show for y'all there. It's a BYOB event, and it's nothing but a good time. So come. I'm kind of encouraging um, Christmas jumpers, Christmas costumes, dressing up nice and fancy if you feel Christmassy. Santa hat and that's on the cats. Which day is that? That is Friday, December 15th. Okay. In okay. the Pierce Centre in Dublin. Is that where it was last year? That's where it was last year, yeah, buddy. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yes, I'm going to do my darndest to go. I'd love to see you there. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Awesome. Uh, I recorded also a podcast with Madeline and the Bimbo Plaza crew. Uh, I think it was Nathan Hochter as well that day. And it was... Uh, it was fun. It's fun. Uh, there should be an episode of Bimbo Plaza with me coming on. Um, it is, of course, the morning after the night before, and I look scruffy. Um, I like she set up a camera and was like recording video for it, and like I got a glimpse of myself at the end of it. I was like, oh god. <sighs> um, but it is. <sighs> it is what it is. <laughs> Do you want to see? Did you see the picture that Dublin posted of me today? Yes, leaning against the window. <laughs> yeah, yep, that's out there. You're, you're so you know. You're a cutie. It is what it is. Uh, they were like, kind of, all the pictures are so serious, and they were trying to, like, you know, they were like, do something gangster, and I was just like, all right, then. It's like, yep. <laughs> or gangster massive. I don't know what he said, but yeah. Um. So what's happened since last we spoke? I mean, obviously, we, uh, we, uh, we have watched lots of great things. I think I talked briefly with Brian about Blue Eye Samurai on the end of the last one. I suggested you take a look at it. Have you watched? Did you watch the first episode? I watched two episodes, I think, of it. Two episodes. How'd you find it? Yeah, oh, I I think it's class. I think it's brilliant. I really really enjoyed. It. Like I'm super super into it. I want to finish it. Cool. Uh, I would like if Emer would watch it because I think she would like it. But failing that, like I'm really 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 enjoying it. Cool. Can I ask you a quick question? Um, I don't see the mic you're usually holding next to your face, and I don't see the mic that we use on an arm. What are you recording into? Can you see it? No. It's here. Okay. Very I good. did a test before. Okay. I did a test before. Okay. 
It's very far from you. Um, all right, yeah. whatever. It's um, even like it even comes with red and some parts of the thing, so it should be fine. Okay. All right. We'll see. Uh, that sounds like a threat. No, I'm no it's just you know, 132 episodes in. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> That's only a handful of times I do that. What's your mug? What's your mug there? What's on your mug? My mug is... I actually really like this mug. Um, it's a it's a collection of props and icons ah. and things from films. And you can I, go around it and go, what the hell is that? That's, you know, that's Joe Pesci's hat from Home Alone. And that's Life is Like a Box of Chocolates. Like, you gotta, like, it's, it's a good it's a good movie trivia mug, actually. It's pretty appropriate for the pod. I've got this mug. It's black, like your soul. It's not black. It's maroon with, if anything, purpley to white speckles all over it. All right, then. <sighs> People listening along should be advised it's uh, it's tea time here. And by that, I mean it's the time of the evening where you have a good cup of tea. Good cup of tea. Good cup of tea. I'm just home. Mm. First thing first, good cup of tea. It's cold out. It's cold out. Uh, we're getting warm. I went to the gym oh, there yeah. this evening, and I was, was uh, exercising and I earned my dinner, and I, I was pretty proud of myself. Um, I did call out how busy that fucking gym is. Uh, it's way too busy. I don't like it. Uh, somebody ripped a, a wicked fart. That's offensive. Wicked fart. Way too close. Yeah. Um, I think that's horrendous if people do stuff like that. It's, it's, it's no bueno. And I was doing, like, I was doing uh, flies. Like, I was holding weight and swinging them way out to the side of me. And like lying down horizontal, 20 kilos in each hand, and I'm on rep 11, and some woman just decides to place herself just immediately to my left. And it's like, I'm about to kill you. (laughs) You know, like it was so Mm. um, oblivious. And uh, look, shit shit happens, but it's just, it's always like, got to keep your eyes open. It's a funny machine. Yeah. Um, you get to funny one. It's, like, you know, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go on. Well, I was, no, gonna, I was I, just going to say, yeah. oh, jeez. <laughs> go on, you say, you talk. I was going to say, like, the last time something like that happened was in that gym in Chicago. And, you know, the guy that, like, walked across my line of action was a, he was the owner, you know. And the moment he did it, he was like, oh, I am so fucking sorry. That's my fault entirely. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. shit happens, you know. This, this person was oblivious to the fact that it had even happened. I was like, motherfucker. Yeah. Like, I've seen that happen in gyms. I've seen that happen in, like, little training gyms where, like, somebody's holding, like, a 50-kilo kettlebell above their head and somebody just, like, just dopes themselves in front of them. And, like, it wasn't the place. It was not the gym and it was not the place and it was not the person to do that. And he just dropped the thing and gave a yelling to this person. It was just like, what the fuck do you think you're doing? you got to keep your eyes up. you got to... There's lives on the line when you're swinging that much weight. Anyway, I'm so sorry. I've gone off on one. What were you about to say? Um, I don't know. I was going to say, um, you know, one of the last time I was in the gym, I remember I wanted to do what was a leg press or something, but I approached this machine three times in the space of an hour and was told by the same person, "Oh no, I can't. They're using that machine." And it's just like after the third time, I was just like, "You, whatever you're doing, you're taking the piss." Because like, if I've approached it like three times, I'm thinking it was being it was vacant, hmm. and then this this person gets up from that and they're just like, "Oh no, no, actually, I'm using that as part of my set." It's just like. It's like, I don't think yeah. so, yeah. you know? And I just got pissed. I, I was, like, pretty pissed off. But, uh, but gym etiquette has changed a lot, even. Because so, I, 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 I remember going going to the gym before camera phones were a thing. And the, and when they started coming in, all the signs all over gyms, no camera phones, no phones out, no You know what I mean? Like, it was a huge, you can't, it was really against gym etiquette to have your camera phone out. People were afraid of, like, getting changed in locker rooms and all that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of sketchy. Um, oh, I don't know. Is it sketchy? I don't know. But like, not everywhere need warrants a phone, and we've just completely yeah. muddied mores with that stuff. Yeah. You know. Well, the thing is, um, do I want to go off on like um, my my documenting? I don't I don't use a notebook anymore. My app for tracking progress or behavior or exercise and reps is is on my phone. Um, I'm listening to music on my phone. I'm talking to you on my phone. Uh, the uh, adequate rest time between sets is anywhere from 90 seconds to 3 minutes depending on what exercise I'm doing so you're just sitting there waiting for your nervous system to recover before you do another set so like it's kind of understandable why people are on phones the whole time because it's just it's a pastime you know like I've got a 3 minute wait but 
phones in a gym are completely fine yeah. if basically like you're not fucking around. I don't even mind people like recording in the gym yeah. as long as they're doing it in a way where you can't see anybody in the background. Because like realistically, if you haven't gone around and fucking asked someone if they're okay with being in the background of a video, don't record there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's times where like I've watched somebody, I watched somebody like reading a book, and it's like you have not moved in ten minutes. Yeah. Fucking time to go, mate. Um, yeah. I've seen groups. Just hanging around, having a chat. It's like there's five of you standing around a squat rack for the last 15 minutes. Come on, get to work. And um, that's enough gym talk now. Gym talk. Um, okay, this gym, gym talk corner. With Jim. Um, so, uh, yes, do you really good mention Blue Eyes Samurai? Is that correct? Blue Eyes Samurai, you're two episodes in. The first yeah. fight scene in the Shindo Ren, Shido, Shindo yes. Ren, Shindo Ren, Sh- Shindo um, Dojo. Well, whatever, Shindo Ren Dojo. Um, that was so cool, just fighting with the little wooden swords. Um, yeah, like yeah. you face my Shindo Ren. The problem is that shit's trash. That shit's yeah, trash, yeah. and she just yeah. kicks they their asses. It's, it's savage. It's yeah. so good. Uh, I love. I love all the characters. Uh, you know, I love. Uh, I love the characters made the love. I hate the characters made the hate. But uh, but I love it. It's very 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 cool. Mm. Uh, and Blue Eye Samurai is one of the coolest protagonists I've seen in something in recent years. She's very cool. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I just I can't recommend that show enough. It, it's like there's points in it where I'm like, oh, this is getting a little repetitive. But it's also like, no, I could see if you're watching this days and days in advance. Or- yeah, if you're not watching it in one big session. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get the binge shows too often, to be fair. A little recap isn't a bad idea. Um, yeah. There's a couple of musical cues in there as well where I'm just like, did this need to be a rock and roll or a hip-hop or a pop song? Like, Did this need to be? Like, mm. everything felt like Edo period traditional up until this moment, and now it's like... Bum, 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 chicka, bum, ba, dum. Like, yeah, it's like yeah, that yeah. Kill Bill stuff. Um, <laughs> like, I don't know. It's kind of... Kind of uh, jarring, but at the same time, it's not inappropriate for sort of like... 1970s martial arts films you know so it's sort of like yeah. kind of I see what they're referencing yeah. Um, yeah yeah I watched the first two episodes and I took a break and I watched the latest episode of Invincible whatever it played how are you finding the, the, the new season of Invincible so I'm enjoying it it's moving super fast really but my customer today Vic shout out to Vic uh, said they're on, a, they're on a break now till February Oh, they're just pausing. Apparently I so. hate that. Well, are we not in it? They, we... they did that last time as well, as far as I remember. Mid-season fucking breaks. I, I, I'm still saying we're we're past like old model TV releases. This is crazy. But also, it took you two years to bring out a new season. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I also don't, I don't hate them for that. Take your time and do it well. Um, but <sighs> I get the impression though you're not, you're not vibing on it. I just haven't. I it's the week by week release. I haven't oh, so gone funny. back to I it. I don't mind that. I haven't gone back to it. I'm. I. I watched the Adam Eve special they released about six weeks mm-hmm. before it came out. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will like. I started it there, but then I just saw like only two out of however many episodes released are released. And I'll dig into it. I will. Um, There's four episodes now, but yeah. Yeah. There's things in that book that were just written a while ago by, like, 90s white dudes. So, you know, they're going to retcon them away. Is Mark going to get raped by that Viltramite lady? We don't know. It mm. definitely happens in the book. Mm. Uh, she finds out that he is the son of uh, Omniman, the heir of, like, the strongest Viltramites, and she wants some of that seed for her offspring. So she sort of repeat visits him against his will. Because uh, he is but a child, and she is a more powerful older lady. I might, I might see about getting those omnibuses. I think I have some of them at home, though. Get the, get the, the three ultimate invincibles. What's that? What do you mean? I think they're called. Are they called ultimate invincible? The like they omnibus them basically. There's three of them, three volumes that are just like chunk, 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 and it's the whole run. Yeah, like they released these new volumes of them recently. They're very small looking, oh. uh, like smaller, smaller shape than even a comic book and stuff. But I like, I like the kind of, I like the look of them. But I don't know how much of the comic is in there, you know, mm. um, and I don't want to be buying tons of hardbacks. That's why I'm, 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 I'm slightly considering. Best way is the three. I got, I got Chris one for 
I got Chris one for like a Christmas. I think I actually just sent it to him out of the blue, and yeah, he got the other two. And then he's just like, yeah, yeah, it's a fun yeah, book. Like, yeah, oh yeah, Cory Walker for the first couple of issues. I'm always going to be a fan. Cory Walker's art is so good. I think I'd like to think he's pretty in, deeply involved in the animated end of things, but I could be wrong. I don't know. That guy's a mystery to me. Mainly because I haven't much. looked. Huh? He's not doing much comics anyways lately, and he doesn't really do much social media except for his Blogspot years ago, which is really, if you ever want to see his Blogspot, check it out. It's good yeah, he shit. never did much social media stuff. No, no. Um, and he he drew comics up until he sort of like ran out of like, um, like the, the deadline demands were just too ludicrous, I think, for him. He was just like, I, I draw slower than this, it's not going to work. Um, I'm putting a character on him, but that's my understanding of it. Like, he's mm. just not that zippy. I think he works in animation. I think so. I think so. I'm not sure if that's editing, video, storyboarding, or what, but like, fucker draws great. It's real. Ugh. Just Does, so minimalistly beautiful. Yeah, his design sense. Yeah. What is what is the absolute minimum requirement for things on screen? Yeah. And uh, that's what he does. That's why one of my favorite books of all time is Destroyer. Destroyer. That's your that's yeah. your boy. One of my faves. Uh, but he did like he did like he did a he only did, he only had a very short run really in comics. He did Super Patriot, Invincible, Battle Pope, and Science Dog. Mm. Uh, he did Spider Man, Marvel Team Up, I Heart Marvel, the, the Irredeemable Ant Man, the uh, Punisher War Journal, and Destroyer. And Destroyer was actually probably one of his big, biggest jobs with one to five issues. Marvel Team Up, he did five issues of that. But uh, and then he did Shadow Pact for DC. Uh, that's all his comic credits. Okay. So. Yeah, I mean, a way off with them. But like, if you're if you're listening to this and you like a good comic book artist, check out Corey Walker's limited stuff. You can own all of it pretty quickly and easily. Um, it's just so beautifully simple, like myself. Yeah. This is true. You are beautifully simple. Thanks so much. Beautifully simple ignoramus. I watched the new Doctor Who episode. Doctor Who has Gr- returned. Okay, gross. Oh, you? What do you mean? Okay, gross. Not a Who fan. Not a Who fan. Not a Who fan. Okay. Uh, well, it's Russell T. Davies returning with David Tennant. It's Russell T. Davies returning with David Tennant. And uh, I'm going to say the character name is Donna Noble, but I've forgotten her name. Catherine Tate. That's what he said. Yeah, that's what she said. I was never a big fan of the Noble Tennant era. Uh, I wasn't a big Catherine Tate fan through that era. But, like, it's kind of good to see... A really straightforward Doctor Who episode again. Um, just a monster being hunted and running around mm-hmm. and shooting. Um, it's fun. The uh, the previous era, Doctor Who, uh, Christ almighty, my brain is fucking fucked. Uh, it was the lady from... Jodie Whittaker. Um, the previous era Who, Doctor with um, Jodie Whittaker, that... Writer took some big swings, but it just never quite landed. Um, unfortunately, was it wasn't that kind? Wasn't that Jodie Whittaker person? They were kind of massively fucked over in the sense of being the first female Doctor Who, wasn't it? And it was during a pandemic or something. But there was loads of things that happened that they were kind of just like they were given the short end. Apparently, Jodie Whittaker was given the short end. I believe. So. Yeah, that's I mean, the, that's the, look, the the for me, what it boils down to is Chris Chibnall's writing. I think it's Chris Chibnall. Like, was it? Yeah. yeah I mean, the it, between Russell T. Davies and the Moffat, Stephen Moffat. Um, oh, yeah, after Moffat. the Russell T. Davies and the Stephen Moffat area, Chris Chibnall is just, he just unfortunately was not the guy, was not the guy. And if you've got a brand new doctor and a brand new writer, and not that he was, like, he might have written previous episodes, I can't remember, but like show running the whole damn thing. Um, so much of it felt like a fucking history lesson as opposed to a fun Doctor Who show like Doctor Who throws mm-hmm. history at it but like it felt very um, preachy and very lectury like you were in a history class rather than like mm. watching a fun episode of Doctor Who and then they try to retcon the Doctor's whole history and like there's um, there's no um, oh I just I just got a job rejection that's what's distracted me that time um Oh, who was that for? Uh, Powerhouse, who do um, Castlevania and such. Um, 
There. Okay. Thank you so much for reaching out. There isn't a current need for your services. However, we can start with this freelance contact form that you can fill out for us. This will give us necessary information. Okay, maybe that's something. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, oh, I'm sure that's a full owl. Full owl. Uh, you get a day out that for a, a full owl file, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. What did you say? I said you get a day out of that for yourself. Hmm. Unfortunately, it, it's like it's terrible that she got so short shrifted because it was such a joke from even community that like they tried a female doctor and it didn't work. And she she's great. She's lovely. She's she's charismatic. She's fun. But she's just got shitty stories and kind of saddled with just. Yeah, it just didn't work, to my mind, anyway. So, I mean, it even goes to show that, like, how much money did the BBC pay, I don't know, Russell T Davies and David Tennant and everyone to come back to mm. just kind of like, okay, we're going to try this again, but let's get everybody back on board real quick by bringing back everyone's favourite and uh, sort of just, like, drawing eyes back to the screen for a minute. It also helps, to my mind, that Disney have now bought distribution rights at the very least but they've bought into the Doctor Who thing so they're throwing money at it oh wow big style so visually it's getting stronger as well um, of course there are just the usual dorks reactions to a lot of stuff in it um, there's some pretty ha- heavy handed um, messages thrown out at the same time uh, but it is fun David Tennant's fun Um yeah, it was it was a fun episode, and I look forward to watching. I think he's got two more before they switch to uh, the next Doctor at Christmas. And Kurigatwa, who's in sex education. Oh, oh yes, that's pretty cool. Yeah, do you know they did a fun? Th- oh, did they do a fun thing? I don't know how I feel about this. There's a uh, a BBC movie called An Adventure in Space and Time, which is kind of a biopic of the people involved with making Doctor Who. And mm-hmm. it's got, like, the guy that plays Filch in Harry Potter playing William Hartnell. And he's, like, this Shakespearean actor or this old British actor that they've convinced to do this children's show. And, you know, he's not on board, but by the end of it, he's like, loves it. And it's kind of sad to be going when they come up with this regeneration thing. And it just mm-hmm. it's like a little biopic of the people involved in creating this institution. And at the end of it, as he's regenerating, or as he's sort of, like, doing his last scene, he looks to his left... And you see Matt Smith standing there because he's getting a look at, like, what the Doctor will become in the future, right? Yeah. Well, they aired that show there over the weekend, or they aired that movie over the weekend, and they replaced Matt Smith with Nkudi Gatwa. So he looks over and Nkudi's there. Well, that's pretty clever. That's pretty clever. But do they do that every time there's a new Doctor? Are they... Well, no, but didn't they do something like that kind of in, you know, Star Wars when they went back and there was, like, you know... But, like, if I go to buy a DVD of Adventure in Space and Time 15 years from now, are there going to be, like, five alternate endings where you can see whichever Doctor you want at the end of it? Fair. Yeah. Probably, be, well, no, that'd be a bit excessive, but mm. it's cool that they did that, you know? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but like, so there's going to be two more of the David Tennant uh, Doctor, and then they're going to go with the new Doctor. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting, True. Um, yeah, no, it's just something I never really got into. Well, I understand. <laughs> I understand. It's not. Um, uh, I just, I never watched not... it. I'm, sorry, Susie, I never watched it, uh, but was aware of it growing up and aware of the, di- the dialects in particular. I think my parents told me about them and stuff. But mm. then um, I watched what they call it. Uh, I did, I remember when Chris, as a Chris Eccleton, you're frozen again. It was Chris Eccleton, I think, or something that kind of brought the Doctor back for a while. Or he was the first Doctor after years of not being the Doctor Who. Um, I'm just nattering on here because Aiden's got frozen on me. He's back. I'm back. Or was, it, was it Christopher Eccleston? Is that the guy? Christopher Eccleston was the uh, the relaunch in 2005. Yeah. Yes, that's what I'm saying. I remember that. See, I remember that when that was kicking off, but never was into it. You think he only did like six episodes? Really? Look at that. Mm. He was a big name to get the time, though. He did one season and then was like, I'm out. And then Tennant took in, took over. I was it Tennant after him? Yep, Tennant. And then Matt Smith, then Peter Capaldi, then Jodie Whittaker. Um, oh, wow. Jesus, that feels like... How many seasons did Tennant do then? Uh, Tennant was six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Five? Five. 
So the oh, show was shit. 2005 okay. or four, um, because I, I only know because Matt Smith was 2011, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That is great. Uh, 2010, if you, ever, if you ever watch um, Church, it's a hard watch, but it's good. Okay. But it's a hard watch, just, you know, be warned. The okay. ending left me shook. Oh, no. And then, yeah, then season two kind of wasn't as good, really, but season one was phenomenal. It's Tennant and Olivia. Coleman? Uh, Coleman, yes. Yeah. Yeah, Coleman, yes, yeah, yeah. And she is <gasps> phenomenal. It's actually Broadchurch. Watch it in. There's too much to watch. And I also it's don't like to be harrowed. Uh, it's a crime show. I'm quite the candy Basically, ass. She, uh, Olivia plays a kind of local police officer hoping to become, I think, sergeant or detective or something. And then when a murder happens, they call in the top brass from London, Scotland Yard. And uh, they, uh, this tenant, and they have an interesting relationship, to say the least. Um, why is Scotland Yard called Scotland Yard? I don't know. And it's not in Scotland. Let's Google it. Why is it called Scotland Yard. The name derives from the location of the original Metropolitan Police headquarters at Four Whitehall Place, which had its main public entrance on the Westminster Street called Great Scotland. So the, so the street was called Great Scotland. The yard in front of the building was called the yard at Scotland. So it's Scotland Yard. Yeah, that's 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 disappointing. But um, um, what else was there? Uh, I watched a Belgian Dutch crime series called Undercover mm-hmm. um, from 2019. It's on Netflix. Pretty good. Um, the the Scandinavians do do murder TV quite well. Yes. Um, it is based on a true story as far as I know. Um, though to what degree it's true. Like the people the people who would say it's based on are like you're ripping my life off. We're suing you. Um, and the production company are like no no. There is no connection to... It's purely coincidental. Um, so there's this border town. Border town. There's this region that's on the border between the Netherlands and Belgium that is pretty big for the ecstasy trade. Oh, wow. And there was one guy who... A lot of gang activity there, apparently. And there was one guy that was, like, running a lot of ecstasy trade from, like, a campsite. Like, like a, you know, I don't know. You know the continent, right? You go and you hang out in your campsite with your cabin and your barbecues and your local little community. Mm-hmm. So he had his like mansion house or whatever. Mansion house? He had his sort of house and then he had this little campsite where he ran shit. And the police put uh, a couple undercover in the campsite and he had to sort of, they had to get close to uh, this guy over a period of time and catch them so they doing had to do drug drugs. shit. Um, I don't know that they had to do drugs, but they then chose some of them. Some of them chose to do drugs. Some of them chose. <laughs> some of them chose infiltration. Some of them chose seduction. There's there's road trip some adventures. There's penetration. Oh. The the yeah. Actually. I think it, I think it'd be terrifying to be a police officer uh, or undercover police officer or police person. Uh, yeah. And uh, but I have to do drugs. That'd be awful. Yeah. Like don't say anything while you're out of your mind. Yeah. 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 Um, Absolutely, yeah. Um, that would be scary. That would be terrifying. But um, okay, okay, interesting. But it's a uh, it's a good show, and there's a guy called Frank Lammers who is playing the sort of the kingpin character, Ferry Bowman, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> apparently it was popular enough that there's like there's like a prequel series of Ferry and like a standalone movie of him, and then there's a couple of other se- like series spinoffs of like Undercover, so. Um, Again, I, I laugh at that because I'm just like, so how much of this is true then? Like, you have to be just like, whether or not a thing happened, now you're making yes. shit up. Like, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, man, look, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is based on a true story. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's absolutely fucking nothing like what it's based on. Mm. And uh, and they've been making secret after secret. You know what I mean? Like, they've, yeah. they've stretched that truth beyond recognition. Yeah. Like, literally. Wait, what happened... What, tell me the story of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So, have you seen the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? I've seen the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but like, what's the true story on which it's based? Uh, the true story on which it's based is uh, it's a story of a gentleman called Ed Gein. 
Really? Do you know who Ed Gein is? I know who Ed Gein is, but like I didn't yes. realize it was connected to Texas Chainsaw. That's, well, just the the fact that Ed Gein had a nipple suit and flesh masks and all these type of things uh, that inspired Letterface. Right. So when they say it's based on true story, they just mean there was a man who had some skin by the name of Eddie Gein, hmm. and Eddie was more of a grave robber and cannibal. Than he was a murderer. He possibly murdered two people, potentially three, I think. I think he, there was a hunting accident with his brother that people say could have been intentional. He killed, he may have killed his mother, if I can't remember. And then he killed a lady that looked like his mother. But he was more, he actually dug up, he robbed graves. And he, he would have robbed graves of women who fit the stature and aesthetic of his mother, basically. Right. Uh, and he, he'd make, he'd make like, then. Uh, you know, like, yeah, skin lampshades and nipple belts. And uh, he, he had, um, I think he had blinds. He had, he had his flesh blinds with lips at the bottom of them and he kissed them. And strange guy. But um, Harold Harold Schechter, I don't know if you know who Harold Schechter is. I don't know who Harold Schechter uh, is. Very, very, very famous name in the true crime world. And another person that we know, well, you might know the name of, uh, we don't know him personally. We just were fans of his work. Um, you know, I'm a fan of his work. Uh, Ed, Eric Powell. Eric Powell and Harold Schechter did a book called Did You Hear What Eddie Gein Done? And I have it. And I also have it, lovely, signed by author and artist. Oh, wow. Have yeah. they got it, like, they've got the interior of that book with a page specifically to be signed by author and artist? Uh, here is a limited edition of Did You Hear What Eddie Gein Done? Is signed by the author. Blah, 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 blah. I am... Um, I, I, I bought it. I bought it. Uh, I think I got it. Like I think I backed it on Kickstarter or something. Because um, I, I I have a Patreon solely because of Eric Powell. Okay, cool. Yeah, and and then Crom after the fact. But um, so uh, yeah, but it's like this is this is you know this is a true story. Uh, it's obviously based on the whole game, the, the Ed Gein thing uh, with beautiful just black and white artwork by Eric Powell. Cool. I oh, know that's not very good. You no, it's gone it. blurry because it's not a face. But yeah, that's great, awesome. Great though. Eric, Eric Powell. And he has another book coming out this year and I will be definitely getting it. Um, but, but, you know, when it comes to the stores, I, I don't think he's doing anything with this one except for releasing it. Um, but uh, I've, it's the Four Came at Christmas. Okay. That's the name of the book? Re- the Four Came yes. at Christmas? Yes. And I think it's a reimagining of A Christmas Carol. Oh. The Four okay. being Ghost of Christmas Marley. Present. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marley, past, present, and future. Yeah. Mm. Um, What's your favorite version as we enter the Christmas season of A Christmas Carol? Muppets. Muppets. Muppets Christmas Carol. Yes. It is, it is Muppets. There are people yeah, for whom that answer is Jim Carrey. That's 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 fine. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. But didn't they, didn't they edit the? They kind of edited the Muppets from what we remember. They got rid of that. They got rid of that bit. Oh, it's back. Oh, is it back? Okay. It's back. They they made a big thing about it coming back. Um, there's a song called The Love Is Gone, which happens during the Ghost of Christmas Past sequence that was in theatres, I believe, but was removed from a DVD release. I even had well, it on home video. I must I, have had it on home video, man, yeah. because like I remember the scene. It's where the young, young hymn is singing to the girl. Isn't the it? love is gone. It's the dreariest song in it. But it is yeah, the emotional insane. heart of the film. As a child, yeah. I was like, "We can fast Boring. forward this." Yeah. But by the time, by the time you get to the end of it, and they're sitting around the dinner table, and he's singing "The Love We Found," it's yeah. like, "Oh, okay, that's that's, that's the whole the, arc of the character." To throw yeah. that song onto the ass end of the movie without it being there where it needs to be, where he where he lost his mm. shot at a, a real human connection and stuff, it's um, it's a big mistake. Um, and it was the I, Eisner guy, mm-hmm. Michael Michael Eisner. Yeah, I know. Um, Michael Eisner, not Will Eisner. Will Eisner's a comic book artist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, he was, or he and his, um, his era of executive were like, "This is dragging it down. Remove it." Okay. Great movie. My favorite Christmas movie. Yeah. Top 100%. notch. Michael Caine. I think. Yeah. I think I watched it. Speaking of Michael Caine, I have a segue for you now in a second. But um, I watched it. I, wa- I think I watched it. Like it's in the singing of the street. Oh, I, I never get bored of it. I never get bored of it. It's I watched it hundreds of times. Not hundreds of times. 
I've, it's, I've, I've watched it pretty consistently. Yeah. It's also incredibly tight. Like, it's, one scene it's, leads it's straight so into the next, leads straight into the next, leads straight into the next. Like, it's, it's zippy. Yes. Yes, it's zippy. Exactly. Uh, it, it's, it's so engaging. It's so much fun. It's by far my favorite Christmas movie. And it makes me excited for Christmas. As in, like, you know, it gives me the Christmas feels. Mm. Mm. I wonder if Life is a lovely Christmas movie, to be fair. Uh, and I would have only really watched that in the last, say, like five years and have grown to appreciate it. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, but I do, I do think a Muppets Christmas. No, yeah, a Muppets is the Muppets is so lively, and Michael Caine is doing an amazing job. As I even the Scrooge and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of Michael Caine, I watched another one of his great, great movies last night. What did you watch? Two thousands. Miss Congeniality. Miss Congeniality, starring Michael Caine, Sandra Bullock, and Benjamin Pratt. Bratt. And um, what is it? Bratt. But. Benjamin Bratt. Mm. I think he's great. I just, I just, yeah. Like it's kind of one of those things where it's just like, what is his name? Have you seen Miss Congeniality? Yes. Was that your first time seeing it, or no, 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 no. no. Okay. What no. put that on for you? Um, How did you arrive at Miss Congeniality? I was just feeling, you know, a little bit tired, hmm. uh, a little bit low. Yeah. Dare I say? And I just thought, you know what? It'd be fun to put on. Because Emer had also seen it and enjoyed it when she was younger, and I was just like, you know what? It'd be fun to put on just some, basically, old school nostalgia. I don't have to think this is fun movie. The equivalent, because that's what my brain does, is like, how old is that movie? If I were still in the nineties, which my brain thinks I am, mm-hmm. if it was nineteen ninety five, it's like me watching a movie from nineteen seventy. Yes. Wow. See now, kind of. Came out in in the two thousand, so it came out twenty three years ago. Yeah, uh, which is fucking scary enough because mm. like Miss Congeniality in my head probably came out oh like two thousand and seven, yeah. two thousand six. You know yep. what I mean? Man, don't even get uh, me started on Notting Hill. Nineteen ninety eight. Ninety eight. Yeah, I don't know when. When was that? I feel like it's ninety four, ninety five. Yeah, the only the only reason where we are, you're you're you know. A little bit older than me, so I don't think I I was too young to really watch Notting Hill, but I was probably oh well, maybe it was two thousand. Um, oh, Notting Hill was ninety nine. To be fair, ninety nine. I was just gonna say maybe it was a little bit later. Um, it's just one of those things I, that was just on all the time. So I've got this uh, permanent picture in my head of it being a new film. But but like totally, and I totally get that. And I guess like Love Actually, Love Actually in my head is just like that's a recent enough movie. And Twenty like, years. Oh, that's ancient. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. But I think, like, when I was a child in the 90s, mm. and I watched, say it was 95, yeah, and I watched a movie that was from 75, that's... 20 years prior. 20 years. Yeah, okay, so that's 20 years apart, right? Uh-huh. Like... Like Star Wars, that, basically. Exactly, exactly, right? That movie was cool to me. Mm-hmm. I could watch that movie. That movie didn't feel old or... Like, you know, I would have watched a lot of the Brady Bunch and cartoons from the 70s and stuff you know what I mean like we all did it we all had the dem I didn't have much many channels growing up I mean the, the few Irish ones uh, and the few uh, BBC BBC one like the VA Channel 4 but um, but uh, but like I would watch that stuff now but I think kids nowadays it's like they'd never watch anything that was like 20 years old that's way too often hmm. you know but I think I think I've, I've watched a video about someone talking about it before uh, and it's only because there's been such a jump and like you know, a lot of things have shifted from the type of stuff that kids consume now versus what we consumed, like you know, and versus what kids consumed in the seventies. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you'd watch in the nineties, you can watch something from the seventies because there wasn't that big a leap in terms of say like technology and all that kind of stuff. Where if kids are trying to watch something in the nineties now, it's just like what they have no phones, they have no this, they have no that. It's too hmm. old. Yeah. The old the the old running gag is like um, how many episodes of Seinfeld would be immediately, like, uh, the the problem would be solved if anybody had a cell phone. Mm. Mm. Uh, we got some breaking news from 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 uh, our man on the ground, Brian, okay. our, our, our roving reporter. Yes. Um, Loki creator Michael Waldron has been hired to write the screenplay for Avengers Kang Dynasty. He was already on board to pen the sequel, Avengers Secret Wars, so they seem to be doubling down on Kang. Uh, well, the director of the guy who was meant to direct Shang Chi two and uh, Avengers movies pulled out. Mm. Yeah, I think he's going to head. I think he's going to go ahead with Shang Chi and Wonder Man, but then he's out. 
He jumped out of the Kang thing, though. Yeah. It's interesting. Mm. Look, I mean, right, like, directors and actors and producers and stuff coming off of Marvel movies isn't unusual. Um, I mean, it has happened. We lost Edgar Wright and Don Cheadle to etc. But... We lost Don Cheadle. No, we kept Don Cheadle. We lost... Howard. Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard. Uh, but Terrence Howard, from my understanding, isn't a particularly nice person. But he might have drugs and alcohol issues, which if he does, I hope he fixes himself. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the ask there. Um, I mean, I'm just happy to still make him Wonder Man. Yeah. yeah. So tell me, tell me about Wonder Man then. Let's go into Kev's Marvel corner, because um, oh, I don't. I read a bunch of Wonder Man stuff, and I know that he was married to uh, married to the Scarlet Witch, and that for uh, I think some of the early origin of Vision was that Wonder Man's soul, spirit, or mind was put into an automaton, mind. and that's why she fell in love with Vision because Vision yeah. was essentially her husband. Yeah, um, and then they kind of turned that into Vision being a separate entity, and then Wonder See, Man I, came back, and then Wonder Man I, had the jacket, and then Wonder Man had the like starry visage. Yes, yeah, oh yeah, when he got a plasma. I I yeah. use ion ionic plasma power or something. I ion ionic something. Well that's that's the extent of what I can remember. So like let's start with like what's his name? Simon. Ooh. The moment oh, you said God. it I knew it was right, but Simon Wonder. No. Ah. No? Oh, Jesus. Uh why can't I think of his name? It is Simon, isn't it? Yeah. Uh Simon's oh a good shout. That's a good pull. Yeah, it is Simon. Um, so basically, well, the only thing I'd say about Wonder Man uh, before is like, I if I remember correctly, but like, we all you know we know uh, Wonder Man isn't um, Simon Williams. It is Simon Williams. Oh. Um, Wonder Man. Oh, uh, to be honest, it's weird. I never made the connection. You know when they kind of hear stuff like, you know, uh, Wonder Woman, Wonder Man. It's like that's lame. You know. Uh, Spider-Man, Spider-Boy. It's like, come on, be more creative now. I never actually put yeah. those two together for years in my head. You know what I mean? Like Wonder, Wonder Woman, Wonder Man. Such, such a different place in my head than Wonder Man. I never thought they were kind of a rip-off or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, even but, just the, um, the name. Like, well, well I mean, the just, most direct one is there's a Captain Marvel and a Captain Marvel, right? For sure. And then also you have uh, Marvel had Power Man and then DC came out with Power Girl. And then, uh, no, so Marvel, DC had Wonder Woman. And then Marvel came out with Wonder Man, and DC were like, here, you can fuck off with that, you can't be doing that, we'll sue you. So Marvel were like, oh, yikes, okay, pull him, we won't use him, you know? Mm. And then uh, DC came out with Power Girl, and Marvel were like, here, come, come on, man, we have Power Man, don't be going away, you know, get out of here with your Power Girl. And DC told them to go fuck themselves. So they're, they're like, all right, well, <laughs> bring back Wonder Man, you know? Um, oh, he was originally a villain in, uh, what was it, issue, I want to say, issue eight of the Avengers? Wow, uh, man. He was a pretty, uh, he was a pretty, just one second. No worries. I want to see it. Yeah. Issue nine? Issue nine. My head's also all over the place. And he is, look, issue nine of the Avengers. That was Wonder Man. That's so funny. Your video just like identified one face on that cover and de-blurred it. That's hilarious. Is it Daredevil? No, Ant-Man. It was, no, Giant Man. Giant Man. That's technically Giant Man. Giant Man's but, uh, face was recognisable enough as a face for your camera to decide to show it to me. That's the that's the original Wonder Man. Oh, he was a villain and he wasn't a villain. And, you know, he he got powers from... Uh, oh, my God, who was it? Oh, it doesn't matter. Anyways, uh, well, I think, I think Wonder Man was killed and then they put his personality into Vision. And then Vision and Scarlet kind of hooked up. And then when physical Wonder Man came back, uh, it was like conflicting or something. I can't remember what it was, you know. But uh, but then he did a he did a stint um, uh, in Hollywood as an actor because he's always wanted to be an actor. Uh, there's a good run. Um, I think it's called Leading Man or something like that, uh, where him and Beast are living it up in LA. Uh, yeah, it's just, there's just something. Like he's he's an interesting character in a sense, you know. Uh, I quite liked him when I was growing up, but then again, I just think I liked the random. Odd character, you know what I mean? Yeah, you just liked uh, liked liked liking something alternate, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'm being honest, you know, that's how yeah. I got into like Daredevil and Moon Knight, and like you know, when I was growing up, they weren't like you know so popular. Okay, you know, a little bit. 
certainly in Athlone or whatever. Uh, and then, you know, yeah, just different characters. But uh, Wonder Man and his brother is the Green Reaper. Wonder Man, they, 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 did, they did a whole lot of like retconning with him, you know, where he was like, yeah. he knew, like basically he was like, he thought he was going to be a superhero. Because, so yeah, he was originally created as a superhero, but then mm. infiltrated the Avengers, took out some of the Avengers, then redeemed himself or something, and then was killed, and then came back as the rematerialized with new powers and different things or whatever, you know? And yeah, she then, kind of pulled him into existence, didn't she? Uh, was that around that time? Scarlet Witch is a real um, Deus Ex Machina. She can kind of make anything fucking happen, huh? Yeah. I'm trying to see something here. Um, yeah, but like, you know, which is could be a good thing or a bad thing, depending on how you use them. Um, yeah, ver- former villain turned superhero possessing superhuman strength, speed, and durability. Wonder Man has been a member of the Avengers and has a complex history involving his powers, relationships, and personal struggles. Isn't that every superhero? Thanks for that. Stupid. Um, but uh, I'm quite happy that yeah, yeah, Abdul Mateen is playing him. Because hmm. uh, I think he's an awesome actor. Um, but he's considered to have century level strength. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I never bother with any of that kind of like this guy's an Omega Mew, this guy's this thing, and this person's that because yeah, it's just like they start fucking trying to categorize, but they'll just it's it, it just serves a story. Their power has limitations when it suits the story, you yeah. know. Yeah, it's like kind of one of the reasons why I struggle with Superman, uh, even as a kid, it will just be like sometimes he's stopping at speed and you know, train. And the next time he can't stop, like, or he's stopping, a, he's stopping a meteorite from crashing into the earth, but then he can't stop a train speed, you know, stuff like that. Um, but going back to, because I don't want to get too distracted, Benjamin Bratt, Sandra Bullock, Michael Caine, Michigan Geniality, fun movie. <laughs> great movie, <laughs> William Shatner. Yes, yeah, yeah, he's great in it. Yeah. Um, Sandra Bullock is great. Yeah, and uh, stunning. I loved, I was a big crush on Sandra Bullock in, in 2000. And 1996 with Demolition Man. Um, yeah, and The Net was a good one. Speed was a good one. Um, yeah. But Sandra Bullock, sometimes, I'll be honest with you, sometimes I think, like, you know, very attractive person. And other times mm-hmm. it's just like, looks like Michael Jackson. <laughs> okay. <laughs> looks like Michael Jackson. Yeah. Is that in in Miscongeniality? Uh, in lots of things. Even as you say it, I can kind of picture her with her hair tied back and like a strand hanging down. I'm like, oh, that mm-hmm. does kind of look like the Michael Jackson cover of shit in a sort of like late 90s era. Um, hmm. Hmm. Well, I don't know what to do with that, buddy. Mm-hmm. Well, she's still prettier than Michael Jackson, even when she looks like Michael Jackson. Okay. Anyways, Wonder Man, complex character, huh? That's the stuff. Okay, so we're, we're doing it. We're doing an hour episode today, right? Uh huh. We've we've talked a bunch of stuff. We've talked Blue Eye. We've talked uh, some Marvel news. Um, Invincible. Invincible. Let me just check if there's any trailers we didn't talk about. Um. And then, is there anything you want to watch that you can think of that's kind of seasonal for the next time we're on? Did you see Violent Night last year? Yes, and I really enjoyed it. Do you, really want to wa- do you want to watch it again? Yes, I can. And do that. I'll I'll watch it for the first time, and we'll talk Violent Night the next time we talk, which is most likely you're away this weekend, so yes. probably sometime next week. Okay, we'll sorry. Yeah, that, we will sorry. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Trailers on the YouTube's. Let's just have a quick look and see if there's anything that we. Uh... And I'm gonna brush up a little bit on my Wonder Man lore because uh... you want to oh, come back like... here and school us. Uh, yeah, but like the thing is. Um... Oh, like he's just—he's just one of those characters that kind of has. It's, it's like he's—he's—he's he's been messed around, you know, that kind of way. Like some—I I know they all have messy histories, but some of them get like a little bit too messy. Well, oh, I mean, he's all over the place for me. I, I yeah. like it's going to take a good show or a good movie to like set him up in a way that I give any shit about. Yeah, I think they, I think they really could do something cool with him. Look, he's the thing is, he's just a fucking. He's a superhero. Yeah. <laughs> and if they make a good superhero movie, unfortunately, yeah. um, I do not see anything in the trailer front that I want to talk about. More Kate Craven reminders, some Madam Web stuff. There's a Mean Girls musical. 
Um, I think I saw a, a bit of a trailer for like Andor from like some event where somebody was like putting stuff up on their phone. Oh, okay. um, but no, no. Okay. The next episode we hear will most likely be myself and Madeline talking Some Like It Hot. After that, it'll be you and me talking Violent Night and whatever mm-hmm. happens between here and there. We'll try and have some fun, have some have some mince pies, have some figgy puddings, have some mulled wines, have some... Eggnog. Eggnog. Question? Just want to say, uh-huh. I am watching Squid Games The Challenge, and it's very good. Oh, and yeah. I am enjoying it. It's really good. Uh, first have five episodes out. There's more to come. It's they're 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 very clever. It's a competitive it's a competitive show where real life contestants and all that kind of stuff. They wear squibs. Uh, things are done in a very interesting way. But they also obviously it's reality. They're building a narrative, you know. But it's funny the type of people that kind of step into roles. It's very interesting, you know. But it's unpredictable because at the end of the day, it's a game show. So those yeah. people can get knocked off like that. Very okay. very enjoyable. So they've made a real, real life. competitive challenge as opposed mm-hmm. to the narrative thing. That's crazy. It's yeah. good. It's good fun. Cool. Really good fun. Okay, I'll check it out. Yeah. Uh, stick with it because it is good fun. Okay, cool. Yeah. I tried yeah. to watch The Physical 100. Yeah. But I didn't try hard enough. It took too long. Photo, man. That's it. The first yeah. episode is like, let's meet 100 people. Yeah. And I was like, good suffering Christ. But it's like they, they, a lot of the activities on it are very one-on-one based. And so they all like, look the same. But I was gonna say you're, oh, a lot of the shows are all one one to one competitive stuff. So you're yeah. watching a lot of the same things over and over again. I can go on. I think if I remember, it kind of go on for episodes of stuff, you know. So it's just like no, the Squid Games is done in a very clever way. Uh, they do the green light, red light. Uh, they do the cookie thing where they cut out the shape of the cookie. Uh, it's lots of fun. Watch it. Will do.